big, bad developers. Let's talk about them. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burgio, Mark Novak, episode 562. This morning, we're going to be talking about why do developers, builders get such a hard time. We hear it a lot in the real estate industry. Um, do we ne- And why is that? Do we need them? There was an interesting um, post I saw on LinkedIn of the top 20 builders of multi uh, multi units which is shop basically mixed use so shops and apartments and the some of the builders the amount they build is out uh, mind-blowing i'll show you some of the stats in a minute but they're basically building suburbs in australia in new south wales so when you think of that someone creating a suburb you think of what that does for a community and an area and it's like you almost think these guys should be in uh what's uh praised highly or people want to deal with them but they're a lot of people are very hesitant are they mark especially when they own a property there's a bit of stigma yeah they get hammered like real estate agents like car salesmen and you know what? It's it's um, people love to hate, and uh, and unfortunately, Burge, these are big numbers that these guys are, are building. Like they're building stuff to the masses, and when you do that, I guess you're a bit of a, a, a you're more of a target for something going wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they're huge numbers. These, like you said, they're cities. These guys are building. So look at these. What's on the Hutchies. I wonder, is that Hutchinson or Setnam or must be 2,900 apartments, Mervac, this is only for this year. So people like Meriton, 1,400, they're the biggest overall, um, but just for the 2020, 21 stats, look at 2019, they did three and a half thousand. If you're from the Northern Beaches, I'm pretty sure like Narrowena is less than three and a half thousand, Collaroy, I know they're houses, but Manly Vale, but if you think of a house unit, like it's huge or half a suburb. Um, yeah. Logistically, like, these guys are like they are building a huge, huge amount. They're bigger, which makes them bigger targets, Birch. It does. Um, and I think, especially, you. I think where this is close to home for, especially us, is Meriton DY. We heard, saw on the ground how much hate that building had. I remember I did a post of the 3D model, something on Facebook, and at the time, this was, what, four years ago, at the time where if you only get like 10 10 likes or, what, a 1,000 views on a vid, this got like 25,000 views, 200 comments, and 99% of it was hate. (laughs) But I must say a lot of it's not hate towards the the builder as in by name, but more what, I don't know, a lot of it was traffic, what it does for the area or what they think it will do for them. So I think a lot of a lot of it is a little bit misguided. Like, for example, on D1 Meriton, of those 200 comments, everyone was complaining basically about parking and traffic. 
But that's like, what's that got to do with the guy building a old girl building a good building and revamping an older structure? Obviously, yes, it brings more people, but like they're not in charge of that. So I think a lot of it. But you do have things like Opal Towers, Mark. You do have <laughs> horror stories of people getting screwed. Um, maybe as you said, how many units these guys are, how many units are being built in New South Wales at any one time? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's you're gonna have one, or you're gonna have three, or there's gonna be the odds of something being done. But people just and I know I've been I've always I've sat on uh, all my life I've sat on strata committees for um, for owners and things like that, and, and particularly new buildings get built. People just have this this hate, you know what I mean, for uh, for these guys. Generally, these builders, like I know one at the moment, the builders um, done sixty blocks in our area. And has never not come back and done a repair on a on a um, that's at, that was necessary that was proven. Um, so it's sort of like, and these people, these guys, are having kittens about getting work done. It's like relax, it'll happen. There's going to be a fight. There's always a fight, you know what I mean? And uh, it'll happen, and the works will get done. But that process in between can, can just create so much anxiety with people. Um, and they just, you know, they they just really not happy with the builders, you know, as well, a result. But I think there's a lot of positives to it. A good and family just, developer said to me, no one can build a defect-free building. None of them are perfect. But you judge a developer builder on how they handle coming back and fixing it. And that really resonated. And I know we do a lot of off-the-plan and new builds, and I've started using, like, saying that in these I think it's also a lot of people's expectation. They assume every, everyone assumes every tap's going to work. Like they think it's almost like an IKEA box where it's all just been perfectly produced and everything's there. Obviously, you got to put it together, but it, like everything's there. But then you get to they, yeah, a lot of it's done like that. But it's also a lot of it done by hand when you're concreting, you're tiling. So shit happens. We're all humans. But that, yeah, that resonates. How quickly they come back, and some don't. And there have been new laws that come in that put a bond and have some cash security. Um, but a lot do, and I think a big but way it's to check. It's not a story. If, if it doesn't, what's that saying? If it doesn't bleed, it doesn't, it doesn't read. Um, mm. You know, it's not a story, and and we only hear the stories of the bad builds because they are that they are they are sto- newsworthy stories. So. You don't see stuff in the paper of good builds and well done, Mr. Builder. Like, you, you don't do that. So mm-hmm. I think on, on balance, and, and you know what else they bring? These developers, um, look, they're out for money. They're, they're making, uh, you know, they're, they're, that's their job and that's what people are working for, working for money, right? So they're no different to anyone else, you know, even though the sums are, are, are larger, but then the sums are not over a longer period. They're like feast or famine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just or they have to bank a lot of money for a long period before they get before they get paid, like it just into the project. So, um, but it's making stuff affordable and, and people have, uh, with builders doing stuff in the area, like, if, if Ameriton was a great example, Verge, that was just had so much opposition for so long, probably five, 10 or 15 years, there was opposition against it, maybe even 20 years. Yeah. Um, and then how is it now? 
that people are just like, oh, my God, what a legend, what a legend of a building, what a legend of a bloke. But how much shit did that building cop for so long? Mm. Just don't understand it. What you said about affordable, some people think the new product's going to be affordable. It makes the use – it's like a new car. When a new car comes out of the BMW, it's the most expensive. But what does it do? It makes the older models cheaper. So a lot of people look at, say, a boarding house or anything that's supposed to – when people say affordability, they're like, that one bedroom is the most expensive one bedroom. Yes, but now there's not as as much pressure – on the other one bedroom. So I think a lot of it is misconceptions, education. There's bad eggs, there's bad teachers, there's bad cops, there's bad agents, there's bad everything. But I think sometimes it's almost like a what you said before, they're big targets. They get a lot of attention. It's very – it will read headlines, dodgy builder builds shit building. Like it, it will grab. Um, good builder builds great building won't. Even if you look at Opal Towers – in that year, there would have been 40,000, 30,000 apartments built or 15,000 buildings, and you've heard one, two, three. So it's not like there's a lot. That affordability one's a powerful one, though. That affordability one, what you mentioned, is powerful because people, you're absolutely right, people chuckle when they hear that, you know, Meriton's building an affordable product. Um, but what it puts into the grid for rent and what it puts into the grid for sale um, in that area, um, helps helps is it is it helps as a release valve for the remaining properties in, in in that local area to be to to stay a little bit more affordable. I don't think a lot of people think of it that way. No, uh, it's so a maybe really, really maybe try and yeah. think of it best as a car when a, the new model comes out. Puts a bit of a lot of people wait for that. They're like, well, wait for the new model to come out. People are trying to offload their second-hand one. I'll pick that up at a good buy. You've got to think of that like property. Prop- Sometimes when people, yeah, hear the affordable, they're building units to make apartments affordable. They look at the brand-new stock and go, that's the most expensive stuff. It's like, well, it's brand-new. If you look at a great car or great something where the model discontinues, mm. it then puts pressure on the existing price to go up. Yes. So... You know what I mean? So that's another example of if you don't believe that affordability model is is true, think about if if you have something that's great and you freeze it in time and don't don't make it again, the value of it goes up. So that that's an example of afford, how that affordability is true does work. Yeah. It does happen out there. Uh, but yeah. what about other developers? Uh, repairs repairs is probably the big one. Verge coming back coming. That's I think that's probably one of the so. Where they do, where they they cop a hard time is when they try to get something approved, and then second time they cop a hard time is when they have to come back to repair that that apartment. They're probably the two areas that are most damaging uh, in, yeah. in the development light of, of building something, of building a building. It, it is, and a third when they're trying to buy your. Pro- I think also where people uh, just under that as well is the initial dealings when a developer. When, when an agent's not in the picture, sometimes with a, an agent, but when someone's trying to release their, their farm and a developer's buying it, people just think they don't understand the process. They are afraid to get ripped off. Sometimes they do. Sometimes a developer is not thinking of it this way. Sometimes they'll look at the block and they may think they can get 50 apartments, but they're telling you 30, 40. They pay for 30, 40. 
Then you drive past it when it's built. You got 60 and you're like, that bastard. Like that's where it can and but that's up to people educating themselves, aligning themselves with their own planner and that. But that it does cost money. A lot of people, the amount of times I've spoken with clients who are pissed off at a builder or worried, and I say, Well, go get your own architect planner. It'll cost you five grand, ten grand, and you'll know. Like, no, no, I'm not well. You're listening to the person who wants to buy it. Obviously, there's a fine line. Just like when you buy a property, a buyer wants it at the cheapest, seller wants it the most expensive. You've got to find that middle ground that you're both happy. And I yep. find that clashes a lot. I reckon 99% of potential sites don't actually go ahead. How many do we deal with? Oh, I'm looking at that. and They never come to it. And I reckon 80% of it would be dealt, would go ahead if people could trust and they both had their own teams, just like a developer has their own team saying what they can do with the land and owner, but everything comes down to money. And look, I think that's also uh, the, the role of a real estate agent. When someone's selling to a developer and a developer's trying to buy from someone, um, yes. having an aggregate aggregate those those developers in between and educate the, the seller is a good idea as well. So how many times yeah. uh, you've had something in front of Yeah. You know, come along, and then you're like, "Wait, don't sell to that person. Give me a week or two, and then you you develop a whole bunch of competition around it. Even if you sell to that same existing person, at least you know, no, okay, no. great, that was that that's good value. But uh, that's the life of a developer. Um, what's that saying? Don't hate the player, hate the game. What's the? Yeah. What don't is it? Player, yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game. Don't hate the player, hate the game. So the, these guys are – look, you know what? They are tough guys. Uh, but, they, you know, they're a byproduct of their industry. They've been uh, they've been a school of hard knocks with all their sub All their subbies have toughened them up. Uh, the, you know, the development world's toughened them up. They're tough guys. The successful developers out there, they've got a bloody thick skin and they're real tough well, guys. No. So – they could go broke after every site. They, it's almost like a thrill seeker. Every job they enter, I think there's not that many who are that financially sound that a job could blow up. Like, I don't know, they dig and it costs double the price. There's not that many that could weather that storm. They are financial thrill seekers. Yes, some people can hate the potential profit they go into, but could you imagine going, I don't know, going into your job knowing you could get paid that hour or you could also not get paid that hour and lose everything you've earned since you worked it or even before? Not uncommon. Not uncommon. It's not more common than uncommon. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. I've developed a gun a developer going all in um, or, or being sucked all in without even realising is bloody common. So it's a, it's, it's a difficult and challenge, but it's a feast and famine business. Uh, Sean, a good morning to you. To sell a developer, uh, you'd really have to understand a particular strategy and work with it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But I do, I do th- you know, Sean, I, definitely I think if someone's going to be talking to a developer, um, talk to more than one developer and a person that can generally locate more than one developer is a real estate agent. Um, we, you know what we did, um, which was interesting on, on a lot of sites, we've actually said, you've got a developer. They've said, we've got a developer. We said, okay, if that person buys it, zero commission for us, but let us put some competition around them. 
And if we get competition beyond what they're offering and beyond what they offer, then we get paid. How many times has that happened, Burge, when they've had an offer? You know, remember that Warrywood one? They had an offer of 10.365. They thought that was wonderful. Ten days later, we had 12, was it 12, 12 million for them? And then the developer that was 10.365 couldn't compete. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, we did a bit on that. I think if you probably type in, I don't know, 41 Warriorwood Road in our podcast, yeah. it'll probably come up, that story. But, yeah, I think that's a wrap. 15, yeah, that's a wrap. Oh, well. Have a beautiful day. Right. It's a cracker of a weekend. Bird has got a new iPhone. Yeah, got the 13. Camera's amazing. Can't really and, notice anything. But and, uh, and, guys, we're going to be unlocking soon. It's bloody exciting. It's a beautiful time of the year. Enjoy your family. Have a great weekend and uh, see you later. Bye. See you, mate.